damper on summer activities for sure, but it, it'll all be fine. How was your summer before the interview? It was great. It was great. Good. Oh my gosh, hot. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of come home at the end of the day and you got to wait till 8 o'clock to do any yard work or anything before it cools off. Oh, and yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it's been pretty scorching for sure. By, I'd say, 3 p.m., uh, going to about 5.30, maybe 6, seems to be just the hottest dang part of the day. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you walk outside, takes your breath away. Uh, not very fun to be outside in. Now, uh, watercraft registration, a way to beat the heat, get out there on the lake. Yeah. How often does a watercraft need to be registered? So um, there's a couple different things. So there's registration and there's inspections. And, and I've had a lot of confusion um, visiting with folks on the phone and in person the past few days. So... Uh, Watercraft have to be registered. Motorized watercraft have to be registered. So, for example, I had a gentleman from Gillette called the other day, and he's owned a canoe for 40 years, and he put a little motor on it. And now he's confused why I've always, I've always owned it, and I've never had to register it, but he put a motor on it, so now he has to register it. So think of registration, I guess, kind of like your car. Like you go and you get a license plate for your car. You know, that's just kind of a... A thing and you get assigned numbers and, and things like that. So that's registration. So you register your motorized watercraft and you get specific numbers to that watercraft. Um, and you have the option of a one year or a three year. Um, so a lot of people say, oh, that three year, that makes it easy. So, so that's always been in place. And then in the past few years, the AIS decal, the aquatic invasive species decal, that has come into play. You also now have to have um, an aquatic invasive species decal. Um, most watercraft, um, including non-motorized. So canoes and kayaks still have to have an AIS decal. So that's a, a difference there. Um, and again, when you're three years, so a lot of people just do both. You can buy a combination where it's one sticker, it has your registration, it has your AIS, you're good for a year or you're good for three years. And the number is printed right on there. It's good for the calendar year. So, so what about paddle boards? So as of right now, if you've got a motor on the boat, in any way, mm-hmm. to include a little canoe that you added a motor to later on. That needs to be registered every one or three years. Every watercraft, engine or not, needs to have the AIS decal one or three years. Yes, and paddle boards, that's a good question. I'm not sure on that if they have to have, I know kayaks, canoes, and there's a... Um, a length requirement on even inflatables. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I don't have all of that off the top of my head, but I would say give a call and ask um, and double check. I will say paddle boards, um, and, and we're going to get to this because our, our wardens see a lot of it, but um, life jackets. Yeah. They are considered a watercraft for that purpose for sure, and a lot of people don't they don't think it's a watercraft, and so they don't wear life jackets while they're on paddle boards. And you are required to either wear one or, or have one available. So I, I have seen people like they just put it on their paddleboard as they're paddling around. And that, that that's works. legal to do. That's legal. You don't have to have it on. You have to have it With available you. for oh, use. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's true for, for watercraft. So, you know, a lot of people kind of know with a boat or a canoe, you know, have a life jacket, but paddleboards seem to be. In a gray area, kind of right a gray now. area, and people don't think of it as a watercraft, but you are required to to have a life jacket. And we see a lot of people that just don't have one with them. Um, so, for sure. Um, so, those watercraft registrations, um, 
you know, I think a lot of people are used to, if you've had a boat, you kind of know the routine, but, but did want to let folks know you can renew online if you want. Um, one thing we are seeing a lot of is um, you have to have an application for a renewal or a new boat. And all it is is co-owner and owner information, lots of details specifically about the boat, that kind of thing. But at the bottom, you have to have a signature, an original signature of the owner or co-owner. And um, some people are sending a friend or spouse or, or someone oh, in to do the okay. registration. But they can't sign, they can't sign yeah. um, unless they are actually listed as an owner or co-owner. So if, if if you fill that all out, you put your original signature, you send it in, then it can be done. Or, you know, send it with someone that can be done that way. But we've had a few people come in that say, hey, I'm, you know. My, doing this for Jed. I'm doing this for yeah. someone, And, you know, we can't do it unless we have their original signature. So just a few things to save time for folks, um, you know. Um, and then, of course, the inspections. The AIS inspections, which is, you know, a whole separate thing from registration. So that is um, any watercraft, motorized or non-motorized, that goes out of the state between March and November and comes back in before you launch in Wyoming on any Wyoming water, you have to have it inspected. So even if you go up to Tongue River and back, you know, it's just over the border and come back. And a lot of folks do. You do have to have that inspected before you would then go to, you know, DeSmet or Sibley or Keyhole. So um, keep that in mind. And then, of course, also anytime you pass an open check station, and those are well marked with signs on the interstate, um, you know, there'll be one or two saying, hey, boat check station coming up, exit here. And if you do have a watercraft with you, you do have to stop. Just like a hunting uh, uh-huh. license yep. check. Yep. You got yep. to gotta stop, stop at these. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, of course, things have become, you know, kind of more concerning with um, we now have zebra mussels closer to Wyoming than ever before. Yeah. I was going to ask you to bring us up to date on that situation. Yeah. So over uh, in Pactola Reservoir, so that's actually in the Black Hills of South Dakota, they did verify zebra mussels there. And... Oh, gosh, I think as the crow flies, it's 27 miles from the Wyoming border over there. So as close as it's ever been, as close as it's ever been. So just, you know, another reminder that, you know, folks really need to to clean, drain and dry. You know, if, if you're on any water out of the state, you know, make sure you're not carrying any water in any water holding compartments of your boat. Um, do a check of the hull, get any dirt, debris, plant material, all that kind of stuff off it before you, you tra- uh, transport into Wyoming. So, um, yeah, certainly certainly a concern, a, <laughs> a good reminder that, you know, it it is something that we can prevent, but we need everyone to do certain actions to make sure we're, we're not accidentally bringing them in. So, Well, and I, I think, you know, a lot of sportsmen, a lot of individuals, a lot of recreationalists understand Mm-hmm. You know, all you got to do, folks, is just uh, give it a quick goog. Take a look at what these things can do in a very short amount of time. Holy cow. Uh, I've often spoke of the pictures that you sent to me years past. A water bottle, I believe it was, and someone's crock that they had lost in a body of water that had mussels. This crock and this water bottle are covered in these things. Uh, you know, if you think stopping off at one of these check stations is a hassle, 
walk outside and chip these things off the, the engine of your boat or the hull of your boat once a year. That's absolutely a nightmare. Plus, these things can get built up inside of dams, reservoirs, and, and shut it down. And then now the cost of that is going to come in. And this can happen within a very short period of time. And, and yeah. we are surrounded by these things, aren't we? I mean, well, we're one of the last Western states to not have documented them in our waters yet. So, um, you know, uh, <laughs> we, we've uh, we've worked very hard. The public has worked very hard, and um, yeah, I just need everyone to remain vigilant and know that it's the threat is real and it's 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 closer than ever now. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but we can prevent it. You know, we we can do a lot of work. If folks just take the time to do it, it's it's, um, you know, these check stations, they'll go over everything, check what they need to check and get you right back on the road. So I, I, I know folks are anxious to get to their destination and all of that. But uh, we recognize that and, and try to, you know, do a thorough inspection, get you back on the road. And, you know, the effects of these things that I've talked about have just been like the physical uh, objects that that they can attach to. The effects on the ecosystem are devastating. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, mussels, clear water in a lake, believe it or not, is not ideal. You want to see that plankton. You want to see that those microscopic life forms because that is the foundation of the food source for that entire reservoir. And sportsmen out there, you know, you want big fish. I know I want big fish when I go fishing. That's not going to be able to really happen on the scale that we have today if these mussels get in any of our waters. They were absolutely detrimental to the ecosystem. Yeah, we, uh, they're, yeah, they're, it, it, like you said, it's pretty amazing the damage they can do, really. Uh, and in a short amount of time, just their reproductive capability is, is pretty mind boggling. Millions. 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 So. Out, out of, out of one. <laughs> one reproductive cycle millions yes and and you know the thing to keep in mind too you know when i talk about water you know water holding compartments on a boat so it's not just the adult muscles that you can move but when they're in their juvenile state they're they're pretty microscopic in the water easily missed so you're not going to see them um it's so any kind of water we just don't want water transported between water bodies uh, it's uh <laughs> you know it yeah. seems it's 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 like an uphill battle uh but you know like sisyphus we're just gonna have to keep pushing that rock uh up yeah, and up and, and up it, again like i said it, it you know just to get in just getting into the routine of emptying all the water out of your boat before you leave a water body get it cleaned up. I mean, once you get into that routine, it's, you know, it's a fairly simple thing to do and it just becomes a matter of habit and, and it really will make a difference. Now, uh, speaking of watercraft, we touched on it just a little bit, the, the life jackets. What should people have on their boat? So legally, there are classifications, you know, based on the type of boat you have and its length on the different safety equipment you can have. So okay, I will, so it depends will, on the size. It depends on the size, so I would direct people to the watercraft regulations. Read through it, be familiar with what you need. Um, you know, it's, of course, most things are going to require life jackets, and 
properly fitting life jackets. That's kind of an important thing. You know, if you have four kids and, you know, only one kid life jacket and three adult life jacket that, you know, they, they need to be properly fitting for whoever's Everybody. on your boat. Um, and you know, a life ring is not a life jacket. That is correct. So that is considered something different. So there are some regulations, again, depending on your boat, that you might have to have what they call a throwable device. Um, there may be certain lights you have to have, those kinds of things. So I would direct folks to the regulations, find out what you need to have for sure. And that's the minimum. You know, on top of that, think of... Things that would keep you safe and comfortable if you had an emergency. You know, it, it does seem like every year, you know, a boat breaks down, you know, on Desmet or Keyhole or somewhere. And um, in that situation, you're going to want to make sure, even if you were just going out for a couple hours, if something happens, you could be out there half a day. You know, make Ooh, sure you have plenty that of water. Sun. Yeah. Make sure you have plenty of water. Make sure you have plenty of snacks. Make sure you've told someone where you're going and what time you're planning to be back um, because uh, we have hap- had it happen where someone, their boat became disabled. They called a friend to let them know, but their cell phone battery died. So all we got was a vague report that someone's boat was disabled, uh, you know, on this lake and... Uh, you know, wardens did respond and did find the people, but it took several hours and they were OK, but it just would have certainly speeded up the process, um, you know, if they had better information. So make sure you charge your cell phone battery uh, before you go. But also keep in mind, you may not have service. So again, yeah. the old backup of just telling someone where you're going, you know, as specific as possible, what time you expect to be back. So, um, you know, if something happens help can get to you faster um a whistle is a good thing to carry um you don't have to have it for most watercraft but like um paddles of some sort oars to just in case it might help in a situation so just kind of think about things like that that again maybe as you read the regulations you have what's required by law but then think beyond that of what would I need in an emergency that mm-hmm. would keep me safe and comfortable? You know, I, I've trained on a lot of uh, the lakes in this state due to what my unit used to do. And I can remember, uh, I believe it was Fontenelle, no signal. There oh, was okay. no signal on Fontenelle at all. At least there wasn't in 2014. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if that situation has changed. But yeah. uh, uh, you got to make sure that you've you've got the means to get home should the engine go down. Well, exactly. You know, um, you know, your horn may not work on your boat if your engine's dead. So, again, a noise-producing device of, of some sort that doesn't require... Little canned uh, air horns. Those things are great. Whistle, something like that that you can make noise with. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we're going to continue with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Madison Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. 
Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. We need someone in Cheyenne who listens, someone with strong work ethic, and someone who will fight for small business. Hi, I'm Jared Geyer, and I own a small business right here in Sheridan, and I know what it means to work hard and earn an honest paycheck. Cyrus Weston will work hard to reduce the size of government and keep regulations off our backs. He knows how important small businesses are to this community and cares greatly about job growth. If you support small businesses like mine, you should support Cyrus Western. Paid for by friends of Cyrus Western. Individual rights are paramount, and support for the Second Amendment, as well as other freedoms, start with local government. Hi, I'm Mike Arzi, candidate for county commissioner. This election is one of the most important in recent history, as the attack on our freedom seems relentless. Don't let the current tax and spend leadership take away your power as a citizen. Please help me to help you to take back control and focus on the things that really matter. I'd appreciate your vote on August 16th. Paid for by Mike Garza. Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Does your home look like a bomb with Hoffman's there? Is Maria, I mean your wife, telling you, come on, we've got to go. This place looks like a disaster. You want to run away, but you can't afford to because of a mortgage or the house looks like it's been through a war. Why your renovation is here to help. Devin will come to your rescue and save you from the impending doom. Why your renovation will make an offer on any home, no matter the condition. And you can walk away victorious. Learn more at whyourrenovation.com or on Facebook. Project Schoolhouse and Joey's Fly Fishing Foundation are presenting the 2022 Sod Farm Festival Saturday, August 20th from 3 to 9 p.m. Bring your lawn chairs and blankets for an evening of local talent and Forever West songwriter icons. Enjoy libations from Luminous Brewery and food from Stoke Wood Fired Oven and Vinos. Tickets are $25 in advance at the Wild Theater or $30 at the gate with net proceeds going to Project Schoolhouse and Joey's Fly Fishing Foundation. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I am speaking with Wyoming Game and Fish Sheridan Regional Office Public Information Specialist, Christina Schmidt. Now, chronic wasting disease is always fatal. It is contagious neurological disease affecting deer species, elk, and moose. It causes a characteristic spongy degeneration of the brains of infected animals, resulting in abnormal behavior, loss of bodily functions, and death. This is a terrible, terrible disease. I've written many stories on this for many other publications. Christina, you and I have spoken about this at length because this is bad, isn't it? And, uh, and, and, and what's happening with CWD right now? Well, um, you know, I think uh, folks are aware we're, we've really uh, stepped up and actually changed our monitoring regime. So in the past, um, we were looking at, you know, as it spread, where was it spreading? Where was it showing up in new places? And now that it's been identified in most areas of the state, 
um, a couple years ago, we switched to test doing a, a really intensive look at specific herds in each region that kind of rotates over time. So um, the goal is to really emphasize in in the hunting season, trying to get as many samples as possible from certain herd areas, certain uh, herd units. So um, what we're going to have coming up um, is our two informational meetings on chronic wasting disease, one in Gillette, one here in Sheridan, uh, just to update folks on what, what we're learning, what is new. Um, so uh, the first one's going to be um, September 21st here in Sheridan at Sheridan College as part of the science lecture series. Oh, so wow. It's, okay. Yeah, it's a really great fit. Um, we're really happy that uh, we're going to be able to, to join with them and, and offer this. If folks remember um, a couple years ago, 2019, fall of 2019, uh, we did a series of public meetings as the commission was drafting the chronic wasting disease management plan. Ah. And what we noticed is that people came with a lot of questions, a lot of questions, a lot of discussion. I mean, it's, it's a hunters want to know what the heck's going they on. Know. Yeah. Um, and not just hunters, anyone who loves wildlife, they, they want to know what is this? And, you Conservationalists. Know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around cause it's not, you know, we think of a disease causing agent as a bacteria or a virus, or maybe a parasite, and this is a protein, yeah. you know, a prion. So it's unusual. And so what we'd like to do is just invite the public again. We're just going to have an informational meeting. Um, Hank Edwards, who is our wildlife health laboratory supervisor down in Laramie, is going to come and lead these um, and talk, you know, in depth about what is the latest up-to-date information we have on chronic wasting disease and different research projects going on, um, not just here, but they're, you know, all over. You know, he's uh, incredibly knowledgeable. He's been at that health lab, I think, for more than 25 years. So he's really has just a ton of experience, ton of knowledge about this disease and um, really glad he's going to come up. He's just a a great person to to talk about it, answer questions, and and let folks know, you know, what hey, we're so seeing. You- yeah, and then uh, we'll of course have local wildlife biologists as well to, uh, you know, address local questions and concerns too. So great opportunity. It'll be at seven o'clock on the twenty first out at the Mars Agricultural Building uh, with Sheridan College. And then the next night we're going to go over to Gillette um, and have a meeting at 6.30 p.m. in Gillette at the library there. So a couple opportunities we're trying to to go to a couple different places to let folks have the opportunity to come. If you can't make the first one, you just make the drive and you can be there for the second. You can get to Gillette. And actually they um, will have a Zoom link available. Um, the, oh, fantastic. Yeah, the Sh- Sheridan College said they would make a Zoom link available too for folks who would like to attend but maybe, you know, can't come in person for whatever reason. So um, I will put all of that on our website and, of course, we'll publicize it as it gets closer. You know, it's still a few weeks out but wanted to at least let folks know it was coming up. Yeah, make the plans. What was the date one more time? Uh, September 21st. September 21st, At 6 p.m. 7, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. here. The Gillette one will be 6.30. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in this, this is the guy you want to hear from. Yeah, Hank is amazing. I, I Every time I talk to him, I learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's he's been involved with this for so many years and just really, really knows what he's 
what he what he's talking about with his disease and what we know and what we don't know. And he probably deals with this the majority of his time. Uh, or, or you know, huge sections. Yeah, so um, down at the health lab, they do a variety of things. Um, for but uh, certainly, chronic wasting disease is is a big disease that they work on. Um, brucellosis is another um, with the rabbit hemorrhagic disease oh that gosh, came out. Yeah, they had that. Yeah. So, um, lot lots of different things. He <laughs> there's a lot of diseases out there sometimes uh, with wildlife and um, yeah. So they work on. A lot of different diseases uh, that affect different species. And, you know, I, I'll admit, until I got into, uh, like, reporting, news, journalism, I didn't realize how much you guys have to deal with when it comes to diseases that affect our wildlife. But this is a daily occurrence, and it just seems like something's always popping up somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, gosh, we had uh, the birds this year. Avian was a big influenza, issue. correct, yeah. I mean, my yeah. goodness, yeah. there's always something that you guys are trying to get <laughs> uh, get worked on. Now, uh, when it comes to hunting season, it's right around the corner. Uh, we get to touch on this real fast. What, sh- what should we know? It's coming up. Uh, start preparing now. Um, so some of the early archery seasons will start already on September 1st. So coming right up. Um, if you need a hunter safety card, we start getting a lot of questions this time of year. I can't find mine. Where do I get one? Go online. You can print out a duplicate. Um, if you've moved here from another state and you took hunter ed in a different state, that card uh, is valid here. We do. Awesome. Yep. We reciprocate with other states for sure. Um, the important thing is you need to have it with you in the field because if you get checked, that is something you are required to provide proof of in the field. So um, have that ready and available, you know, a copy of your card. Um, some of the folks who are taking classes more recently may have just a PDF printout of it. That suffices to just so you can keep that, that on your phone. It. Yep, you can keep it on your phone. You can print it out, put it in your hunting pack. Um, it's great probably just to have a couple different copies around. So we get a lot of those questions, uh, but you can go online and print a new one if you can't find yours. Um, hunter education class, again, we get a lot of questions. Hey, oh, it's almost hunting season, and, you know, myself or someone I know, one of my kids needs it. We do have just one opportunity that I know of right now. Um it is an internet completion course, and that's going to be actually on October 1st. And so that is not a traditional class where you attend, you know, evenings and, you know, maybe a full day Saturday or something like that. This is um, you do all of your coursework online. So you go through all the material at your own pace online. You print out a completion certificate that you have done that. Then you come to this Internet completion course, which is a half day in person. The instructor will go over all the material. Again, make sure you understand it, answer any questions, you know, make sure everything's really clear. Then they will have a firearms handling skills portion of the class. So just making sure people understand, you know, firearms, how to handle them safely, um, you know, maybe kind of a skills course, you know, getting in and out of a vehicle safely, crossing a fence safely, all those kinds of things. And then you actually take the test that day at the end. So it's two parts. So just because you've gone through the online portion, that's that's only one half of what you need to do. Um, So you do that. Then you come to this Internet completion course. So that is going to be available on October 1st. You can sign up now. Go ahead and reserve a spot because they do fill up. You can reserve your spot now. Just between now and then, you need to... 
get that online portion completed. So. All right, real quick, regulations. Regulations. Have them on you. Have them on you. Um, we always encourage folks to take a copy with them in the field um, in case they need to refer to it. Of course, refer to them before you go out. Make sure you know, um, you know, season dates change. Um, regulations change. Limitations on licenses change. Um, all and kinds there of has things. been and, some updates done. To these. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, we have our season setting meetings in the spring and then the commission approves them, you know, at their April meeting. And, and there are some changes every year in different places. So encourage folks to double check before they go out, make sure they're familiar with, you know, what day does it actually open? You know, are there any antler point restrictions? You know, things like that that may have been changed from last year. Um, and, you know, it it has um, been publicized fairly well in the past few weeks, but need to remind folks we don't have a lot of printed copies of the regulations this year due to our vendor uh, not being able to get enough paper to produce all of these. So we have a limited number of hard copies. So what we're trying to do is encourage folks who are comfortable doing so to either print them out. They're online. You can print them out. Uh, if you have a home computer and printer, print them out, put them in your pack. Um, you can download them to your phone. Uh, for folks who aren't capable of, of doing any of that, you know, you don't have a computer, you don't have a smartphone, any of that, come to the office. We will get you a printed copy for sure. We're just trying to encourage um, folks who can um, to do it digitally if, if possible. And if you can't, come on up. We will make sure that you get a copy. If you can take the tech route. Take the tech wrap. Correct. All right, Christina, thank you so much for coming and seeing us today. And thank you for everything that you do for our hunters and our recreationalists out there. Thanks. Thanks. All right, when we return, we're going to speak with the Sheridan Community Land Trust. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Tara Nethercutt wants to be Secretary of State, but refuses to follow campaign transparency rules and supported a massive pay raise for the office. Nethercutt undermines election integrity by supporting unsecured ballot drop boxes that lead to ballot harvesting. And she voted against Wyoming's voter ID. A better deal, conservative Republican Chuck Gray. Chuck Gray voted against the pay raise. He authored Wyoming's voter ID, and Chuck Gray will make ballot harvesting a felony. Endorsed by President Trump, Chuck Gray for Secretary of State. Paid for by the committee to elect Chuck Gray. Tax planning is not just tax preparation. With the changes due to tax reform over the last few years, you need a tax planner to ensure you are getting the most value for your business. We offer advisory services customized to your needs to help maintain financial viability while achieving future goals. Come see us today. Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties 
for choosing Cane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Cane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Cane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Hi, I am Dr. Robert Byrd. I'm running for the office of Sheridan County Coroner. As a combat veteran and a doctor of dental surgery, I've seen a lot of things. As a dental forensic consultant and an associate member of the Wyoming Coroners Association and a member of the Society of Medical Death Investigators, I want to use my years of knowledge and experience to faithfully serve as your county coroner. I appreciate your vote on August 16th. This message paid for by Robert Byrd. Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native, and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joins a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com to learn more. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Alliance and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the Director of Marketing and Development for the Sheridan Community Land Trust, Mr. Chris Verba. How are you doing, my friend? Warm. It morning, is warm, isn't it? Floyd. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it is the uh, dog days of summer here <laughs> in our beautiful valley, and I tell you what, the nice part about this is it may be our dog days of summer, but Sheridan Community Land Trust has some doggone fun activities. I love it. Coming up for everybody to enjoy. You know, one thing I noticed, uh, me and the wife went for a, a walk on one of the trails over in Buffalo with the dogs on Sunday. I'll bet the temperature dropped seven or eight degrees the minute we got on that trail and away from, you know, kind of the metropolitan type of area. Uh, so getting out on trails, being outside, uh, getting up there in the forest, I mean, it's it's refreshing. Well, not only is it refreshing, it's good for, you know, obviously your physical health. It's also good for your mental health, yeah. too. Uh, you know, people report uh, being much happier if they get, and I believe the last study I saw on this uh, was a minimum of 120 minutes a week of time spent outdoors and activity. And that doesn't have to be strenuous activity. Lord knows if you look at me, strenuous activity is not my forte. You and me both, though, brother. Though it certainly is for some people, right? Um, but just being able to get outdoors. I myself on Sunday enjoyed a, a, a bit of the nice weather up on top of the mountain. I got myself back into that Crater Ridge burn from last year you know doing yeah, the old yeah. like how is that fishing thing? in different places i you know i tell you what i was surprised to just you know i don't have a base reference i'd never been back in there yeah. before like i got back to red spring and all of that area and it was uh it's some rugged country yeah back up in there does it look like um, it's recovering well i you know i'm not someone who can even begin to make a and it is on still what early. that is but yeah um I was, I thought it'd be more burnt, burnt. Mm -hmm. So I suppose that's a good thing. But, you know, again, ultimately, 
you know, they're professionals who can actually tell you the answer to that. I'm not a professional in that standpoint. Um, so I, I really wouldn't want to make a call on what a good or well-progressed recovery right. is. And, you know, importantly, follow the rules while you're out there. You know, would they say stay off or, excuse me, stay on the main roads and don't leave and those kind of things? Uh, once you're in a burn area, that's absolutely true. And, and you know, really following the rules on whatever public land you're on or, you know, in the case of SCLT trail systems uh, where we have trails on private lands, you know, uh, every place has rules posted. And it's really important for folks to follow them because, you know, even, you know, people can wind up causing resource damage even if they aren't intending to do it. So, you, yeah. you know, you just hate to see some of that. So, obviously, some people very much intend to. Right, right. You know, Get out cause there and resource tear it up damage a bit. as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, the big picture is whatever whatever bit of land you're on, public, private, whoever's there, you're always a guest on that land uh in some capacity. So it's important to follow those rules. And that's just a friendly reminder for everyone. I know everyone out there listening in Sheridan Media Land today, uh, you know, always wants what's best for uh the places we're at. It's why we love Wyoming, it's why we live here. We gotta preserve what we have. Yeah. You know, we're we're a hidden gem and there's not too many gems left in the crown. So we gotta make sure that uh we we take care of what we've got. Now, have you gotten in some good fishing this year? Uh we'll get to some events, I promise you. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, but I'm curious. <laughs> How how's the fishing? Uh you know, a couple weekends ago I had a fantastic opportunity to uh join some friends uh with the hub on Smith. Uh, for a backpacking trip, and uh, they got my butt up to uh, Seven Brothers Lakes. Oh, and, wow. And up on Seven Brothers number 7 in a uh, pretty healthy, very healthy wind. Uh, I was able to wade out waist deep on that natural beach up there, and if y'all haven't been up to Seven Brothers number 7, pack some water for the trail because there ain't any on the trail. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> once you get up to the lakes, the fishing's fantastic, and get up to number 7, and it's absolutely surreal to be standing above 10,000 feet in elevation and here you are on this super sandy gorgeous soft beach just like you're on the ocean yeah and uh throwing hoppers for some really nice rainbow trout it was fantastic that's great to hear all right now the land trust is a seriously busy place uh We've got a lot of upcoming events to tell folks about, starting with an event happening tonight, my friend. What's what's happening? Uh, so we have the Historic Preservation Tools for Wyoming, uh, and that is tonight at the Downtown Sheridan Association Community Room from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, Carrie would be here telling you about it right She's now. She's busy. But she is yeah. taking uh, Mary Ruff and Hanbury uh, out and giving her a tour of the community. So uh, I am here to talk about it instead. The important thing is it's a multidisciplinary approach to finding ways to preserve uh our fascinating history here in Wyoming. And I know the last time we were on the program, we talked a little bit about this and especially the importance of, say, maybe that Oregon uh, trail yeah. <laughs> tread site uh, that might be out in Star Valley somewhere <laughs> um, or any of those other type of places here. You know, we have Bozeman track, uh, excuse me, Bozeman trail track relics here that can potentially be preserved as well. It's such uh, an important trail yeah. to the history of Wyoming. Absolutely. I mean, so, wow. So in this case, it's uh, if y'all are interested in finding ways to preserve uh, Wyoming history, we highly recommend coming to this thing, participating to this uh, 
uh, this presentation and workshop tonight. Uh, it's from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Downtown Sheridan Association Community Room. If you can't attend in person, you can attend by Zoom. So we'll give you a link and you can get in and join the discussion and learn uh, with everybody else. Uh, you want to go to our website, that's Sheridan CLT, like Community Land Trust, and register. It's right there on the front page. Uh, just sign up, and you'll get a link in your email. You can become one of the preservation warriors that we're talking to and about all the time. Absolutely. Now, uh, a discovery session, native plants for your home. I don't know what this is about. Uh, you're going to tell me, but I, I just wanted to say that I actually, I, I, one of my college professors did her entire garden only native plants of Wyoming, and it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. And what's really cool about that is, is most of those native plants are probably pretty water tolerant. Uh, you know, in need, and when I say water tolerant, they're water adapted. You know? Yeah. So they can they can deal with our drought like conditions and our you know Wyoming wherever you're at's pretty much arid or semi arid, um, and so our native plants here are drought tolerant, so they're adapted to be able to you know function on lower water less quantities um and i hate to go too much into that because i'm a fish guy and not a plant guy <laughs> uh, but the leader we have for this is alicia bretzman and she is the founder and owner of piney island native plant llc and she will actually be talking about different ways that you different plants and traits they have that you can use for your home of course she sells them I'm yeah. sure she'll probably hook you up if, yeah. uh, if you need one. If you if you would like to, you know, xeriscape or landscape with native plants. Uh, she'll also show some research that's going on out at Sheridan College uh, into some of those plants as oh, well. Fascinating. So, yeah, it's a really cool opportunity. It came together rather recently. Um, but this is tomorrow morning, August 11th at 8.30 a.m., goes to about 10 a.m., and it is out at the Piney Island Native Plant Nursery and Greenhouse that's on the Sheridan College campus. Uh, come on out. Again, this is a free discovery session. You can learn and uh, be able to do something cool for your home if you would like. Uh, certainly can, has the opportunity to inspire folks. Absolutely. And, and knowing a little bit more about the plant life around us is always a fascinating principle. I mean, uh, you know, I, I can tell you right now, I don't know too much myself. So that would be a fascinating class. All right, Science Kids. Uh, we got an unplug. Mud, bugs, and fish. Yeah. They, how, I mean, how do you get better than that for kids? Uh, well, in my opinion, you don't, but I love the mud, I love bugs, and I love fish, so it's really, you know, right up my alley. Surprise, surprise. I had a The trifecta. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pulling a popular. This one is always popular. It is tomorrow night uh, from 6 to 7 out at Thornrider Park's Ped Bridge. So come on down to that. Uh, there is a you know some stream rehab work going on downstream. We're going to stay upstream of it. Uh, it's going to be a fun night. You're going to be able to splash around, uh, get to look at all the cool bugs and insects and, and other critters uh, that are swimming around in the stream. You're going to learn a little bit about water quality, and uh, you know you also got Gordon and, and some of the fish crew from Game and Fish coming out with. Uh, some sains and a backpack shocker in there. Oh, right on. A little bit about some of the fish that you don't normally see out there. So it's a real unique opportunity. Uh, you know, fun for all ages. Obviously, it's science kids. It's unplugged. It's geared for kids, right? Uh, but we've had tons of folks who are, uh, you know, kids of all ages at these. Come on out. Bring a towel. 
bring some extra clothes you can change into afterwards. Uh, and, you know, maybe go get some ice cream after you're done. Yeah, that sounds like a good night to take with the kids. Uh, Bighorn Audubon Society, there's another discovery session, birding and community science. Now, one thing that I did want to say uh, when I saw this, Chris, was community amateur scientists actually accomplish a lot for the state and federal organizations they, uh, that operate out here. You know, they sure do. And the Bighorn Audubon Society is a fantastic example of that with the Christmas bird count and the spring bird count. And Ariel Downing and Joanne Puckett, who are board members of the Bighorn Audubon, are going to tell us a lot about uh, how people can get involved with that. Uh, and then we're also going to have Bonnie Allison, who's a wildlife biologist with the Forest Service. Uh, she'll also be talking about different things. So join us. This is another one that came together pretty quickly Saturday morning at 10 a.m. It's going to last till about noon. And it is at the Trail In State Historic Site. Uh, we're encouraging you to join the event via the Sheridan Pathways rather than driving up there. Though, if you want to drive up there, you're more than welcome. Please park on the street uh, at Delphi and Victoria. We're going to meet in the picnic tables in the shade. Nice. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty appropriate this time of year. But you're going to have an opportunity to learn and see how you can participate in more community science. It's uh, going to be a fantastic discovery session. I mean, I, we've got such great classes coming up. Uh, well, I guess you can't call them classes. Discovery sessions, uh, uh, some learning sessions. You could learn a lot about uh, your local flora, fauna right here. Explore history at the Tongue River Valley Community Center, Wyoming Ag Experiment Station in Sheridan County. What is this, Chris? Yeah, so this is a special uh, Explore History program, and this is, again, uh, the extension of Explore History, where we work with the TRVCC up in Dayton. And this is another program that will be led by Carrie and uh, Brian Meter of the Exper Experiment Station. And, uh, excuse me, I said that wrong, Brian Mueller. And they'll be there at 1030 to discuss exactly uh, what they call 100 years of helping neighbors. So uh, it's going to go through a lot of the history of the Wyoming, Wyoming Ag Experiment Station uh, and just show how they've been able to help uh, farmers, ranchers, uh, agricultural producers, people in the community be able to stay on the land, make a living from their land, make a better living from their land and also keep everything, you know, in decent shape. Uh, so, you know, extension services are one of the arms to be able to communicate the science out to the public so it can be used. Chris, I want to thank you so much for jumping in here today. Uh, we've run out of time, but thank you for keeping us up to date on what's happening and all these great uh, sessions that we can attend. SheridanCLT.org. Explore, discover, and unplug. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. But, but Relief Factor does work. Relief Factor is pretty extraordinary. Lower back pain, neck pain, hip pain, leg pain, <coughs> leg pain. Give it a shot. 1995 is the three-week quick start. Give it a try. Let's see if we can get you out of pain uh, finally. All right? There's some pains in the neck we'll never get rid of. But this is pain that is treatable. This is pain with 100% drug-free relief factor. It's made from wild-caught fish oil and botanicals. And go botanicals, botanicals. 
and goes to work fighting and alleviating the everyday pains of life, neck pain, back pain, you name it, they got it. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or give them a call, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, for the one, the only Relief Factor. Let's see if we can get you out of pain once and for all. <gasps> Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Kind of immediately felt a little bit of an energy difference. The one thing I noticed about this is, to me, it seems like I was retaining the stuff, not just getting rid of it. Exceptional. They really, really are. That's why I was nice enough to give mine away, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> but I did. I was being a nice person when I did this. I love them. Just amazing. And, you know, and again, it's speaking from somebody who's not a good fruit and vegetable eater. My mom was good at getting them in me, and I loved them. But as an adult, I don't know why I don't take the time to buy them, chop them up, eat them, and all that anyway, but I don't. <laughs> so I think it's a great product, and I really want to keep taking them. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code MikeG. Mike Gallagher. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials.